Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is your Times Daily World Briefing on Tuesday the 1st of March. I'm Sophia Franklin. And I'm Steve Forbes. Russia's invasion advances as Putin faces more Ukrainian resistance. When the truth um, becomes clear to the Russian population and it will be difficult to hide it from them, uh, there might be con- there will be consequences. And thousands are left stranded as flash floods hit eastern Australia. The flood rivers uh, in Lismore uh, last night are reaching two metres above a record high. Uh, these images um, are devastating and distressing. Times of London Daily World Briefing. On day six of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, a missile has reportedly been fired at the centre of Ukraine's second largest city. The region of Kharkiv was targeted with residential areas and the regional administration buildings in Freedom Square hit. As firefighters work within the building, the Ukraine Foreign Minister Dimitro Kaleba has posted a video of the explosion on Twitter, describing it as barbaric. He's called for international sanctions to be increased, saying the world can and must do more, increase pressure, isolate Russia fully. It comes one day after Russian forces tried to storm Kharkiv after intense fighting and street battles, but were pushed back. The Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, has described the recent attacks in which several civilians, including some children, were killed as a war crime. This citizen explains what it's like to be in the city right now. You hear the bomb and tank. You see the tank is walking in the, in the roads. Every day we go to shelter, every two hours like that. We stay in the shelter maybe about five hours. Meanwhile, the Russian army is steadily advancing towards the capital, with satellite images showing an armoured convoy that is about 40 miles long heading for Kiev. Videos in the last 24 hours on social media have shown heavily armed Russian soldiers walking through what looked to be residential areas alongside armoured vehicles. Oleksandr Daniluk is a former financial minister and he's fighting on the front line. He's told Times Radio this is grave as it follows on from yesterday's explosions. I think Kharkiv is especially important because Russia used the, um, the, the heavy weapons against civilians uh, just in the middle of the city. And this is was, uh, the way I see it, is the way to threaten, to scare people in Kharkiv, but also to send the signal to, uh, to Kiev, to those who defend Kiev, that um, Russian forces will use the, the force against civilians. Louise Callahan is in Kiev for the Times of London. She says people are struggling for supplies in the Ukrainian capital. There are huge queues outside the supermarkets. A lot of people didn't think this war was going to happen, so they didn't stock up. 
um, because they were getting told constantly that, that everything was going to be okay. So they didn't sort of get supplies. And now there's really long queues for food, for ATMs and for fuel. As the conflict continues inside Ukraine, diplomatic discussions are continuing outside among Western leaders. The UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is today travelling to Poland and Estonia for meetings with fellow leaders as well as NATO representatives. Meanwhile, Finland, which has maintained the image of a non-aligned country since the Soviet Union in 1956, has said it will send weapons and ammunition to Ukraine. Jukka Siokasari is an ambassador of Finland to the United Kingdom. He's told Times Radio that sanctions against Russia will have an impact on Putin's leadership sooner or later. I think like um, in, in the case of all um, autocratic rulers, also in, in Russia we have a situation where the people's opinion matters. And, and, and when the truth um, becomes clear to the Russian population and it will be difficult to hide it from them, uh, there, might be con- there will be consequences. On the time frame, it is very difficult to know. The Times of London reports that the number of Ukrainians fleeing more than trebled over the weekend to more than 380,000, with Poland seeing the biggest influx. It comes as negotiators for Kyiv and Moscow held talks on Monday night in Belarus in a bid to end the conflict. Russia says both sides have agreed to continue talking and will meet again in the next few days. Ukraine's President Zelensky has urged Russian troops to lay down their weapons and has called for immediate EU membership. Catherine Philp is the Times of London's diplomatic correspondent in Ukraine and she's told Times Radio that Putin will have been shocked by the level of support the world has shown for Ukraine. I think that the um, international reaction to what's happened and the kind of measures that have been taken are far, far beyond what Putin was anticipating. Um, I think that he has wildly miscalculated, um, but I just don't see him personally backing down. And I think that um, the best chance at this stage of ending the conflict in Ukraine is that the people around him decide that he's gone too far and do something about it. But Ukraine's president has also made a desperate plea for foreign volunteers to join him and his forces and fight the Russian invasion. Joe Sterling is an ex-army member from Edinburgh in Scotland who previously stationed in Ukraine. He's told Times Radio how he and his friends are planning to travel to join their forces. There's a lot of people out there that need help. Uh, the Ukrainian military struggling. We've got the training. We're young, we're fit, we're able and we're willing, so why not go kind of thing. Russia continues to describe its action in Ukraine as a special operation that it says is not designed to occupy territory, but to destroy its southern neighbours' military capabilities and capture what it regards as dangerous nationalists. On the way, cyber attacks lead to factory closures in Japan and how eight seals in helmets are helping researchers in Antarctica. Times of London Daily World Briefing. Now to eastern Australia, where military helicopters have been airlifting people to safety following devastating floods. Several towns and villages have been submerged in Queensland and New South Wales after torrential rain, with possible flash flooding forecast for Sydney. Ten people have died so far as a result of the flooding, with New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet describing the extreme weather as a one-in-a-thousand-year event. These images um, are devastating and distressing. Uh, Today, 
Uh, currently, there are 26 evacuation orders in place, 26 evacuation orders affecting 40,000 people. Emergency crews have carried out more than 1,000 rescues so far. These people live in Lismore, one of the cities affected. Everyone's very nervous. Nobody knows where this is going to end up. We did not expect at any stage that it would come into our house. Maybe into our garage a little bit. It's so shocking and heartbreaking. So sad to see all the families, they lost everything, nothing. Hundreds of people are still stuck at their homes in the city, with reports many spent the night on rooftops. Australia's east coast summer has been dominated by the La Nina climate pattern for the second year in a row. It's typically associated with greater rainfall. To Japan, where Toyota will shut down all 14 of its factories on Tuesday after a possible cyber attack. News site Nikkei, which first reported the shutdown, said supplier Kojima Industries Corporation suspected it had been hit by a cyber attack, causing a halt in production. Takamichi Saito is a professor and director of cybersecurity at Maiji University. He says it's hard to assess whether or not Russia was involved in the attack, but that one had been likely for some time. It was just waiting to happen. Japan was relatively safe and had few damages from massive cyber attacks, but some companies are behind on security measures. For example, in the automotive industry, I hear top companies have good measures, but like the case this time, companies under what we call Tier 2 and smaller companies are fragile and can be a target. Japanese factories account for about a third of Toyota's production. It's told the Wall Street Journal it did not know whether the factories would remain closed beyond Tuesday. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest on how the sporting world is reacting to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, here's John Jackson. The sporting backlash towards Russia after the invasion of Ukraine continues. FIFA and UEFA have now suspended Russia's national teams and clubs from international football until further notice making it very unlikely that Russia will compete at this year's World Cup and also the Women's Euro 2022 tournament. Spartak Moscow have been banned from the Europa League, meaning their last 16 opponents, RB Leipzig, will progress to the next round. The National Hockey League has suspended its business dealings with Russia and the International Olympic Committee's executive board has also recommended that sports federations ban Russian and Belarusian athletes and officials from competing in events. Russian Formula One driver Nikita Mazepin's future is up in the air too, with the Ukrainian Motorsports Federation calling on the FIA to take a similar stance. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. Warner Brothers, Disney and Sony have all pulled the release of their latest movies from Russian cinemas amid the country's invasion of Ukraine. It means the likes of The Batman, Turning Red and Morbius won't be shown there as scheduled. All three studios highlighted the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine in their statements as one of the reasons for the move. Disney also says that it would work with its non-governmental organisations to provide urgent aid and other humanitarian assistance to refugees. And finally, researchers in Japan wanting to examine the water underneath the thick ice sheets of Antarctica are taking a unique approach. Eight seals have been fitted with helmets with an antenna attached to help the scientists explore deeper depths. 
first tapped for a research project in 2017, these seals have all been equipped with a head-mounted conductivity, temperature and depth sensor. It allows the collection of data such as water temperatures and salt levels in areas with extremely harsh environmental conditions, hard for the scientists to reach during winter. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Tuesday the 1st of March. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts. 